Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You need that second line clicking too. We've seen the erection line can only trademarks uh, can only bring you so far. Like you can ride a line like a little bit that first round or two, and obviously. Hold on, hold on. You want to rephrase that? You can, uh, you can ride the erection line if you need to. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, you want, yeah. Drew's gonna put timeouts. I'll let you. Way to go! You killed Lauren. Way to go. <laughs> All right, everybody, playoff hockey is finally here. Been waiting all season for it, of course. This is the Bruce and Burns podcast. My name is Cam Hasbrook. Drew Johnson is here. Chris might be here. We're not really sure what the deal is with him. Uh, but we do have one of our good friends, Lauren Campbell from Nesson, joining the show. Uh, if you guys don't know Lauren, you should. But you've probably seen her work on Nesson.com as well as the Nesson Bruins pod. Locked on Red Sox and the Snipe and Selly podcast. Lauren, you are busy nowadays. I am a, everywhere, a little bit of everywhere, every single day. I feel like I'm on the go, but it's fun. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else that I'm working with uh, of late. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's it's always a pleasure tracking your work, and even more of a pleasure chatting with you. So we it's been it's been too long. We're glad to have you back on uh, at a, an important time here with the Bruins just getting ready to get into the playoffs. Uh, we are recording this during the mostly meaningless Bruins Maple Leafs game. Of course, it could have an impact on seeding. Uh, it's looking like it's probably going to be Carolina. Uh, we're going to jump into that in just a second, get Lauren's thoughts. But first, of course, it's Brews and Bruins, so we got to dive into the Brews first. Lauren, I see you got something cracked there, and it looks like a nice craft beer, so send it over way, your way. What you got? Yeah, this is called a Splat Kettle Sour. It's Ooh. raspberry and lime. It's from Beowulf Brewing in Amesbury up in the North Shore. Hell yeah. Uh, my fiance and I are having our rehearsal dinner with them. And he was like, hey, make sure you grab four pack on the way out. And you bet your bottom dollar I did. Um, <laughs> it's really good. I'm a psychopath and I like it's a sour. And I, I like my sours like oh, yeah. sour, sour. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's you can like these are really, really drinkable. I just wish it had a little bit more sour to it. Um, but that's saying a lot because this is this is like a really good smooth sour. I don't know if smooth and sour should go in the same sentence. No, I can see it. But, yeah, <laughs> but this one is definitely yeah. Splat it from Bearwolf Brewing. Hell yeah, I, I am a huge sour fan. Some of our listeners may uh, may know, and I am with you. I like like ultra sour. Like my favorite mm-hmm. sour beer is the uh, the Sour Monkey. I'm not Ooh, sure if you've ever had that before. Um, what's the name of that brewery? It's a pretty big one. Uh, they do the Sour Monkey. They do the Golden Monkey. Hold on, I'm going to look this up because they deserve a shout out. Uh, Victory Brewing Company? Yes, Victory, yeah. And so that one's like a 9.5%. So it is hefty oh, for a sour. Yes. But it is like – it's like drinking a Warhead. Like it is insanely sour. And uh, I like the same thing. The, the kettle ones I feel like tend to be like that. So, um, But, yeah, some good stuff there. 
Uh, Drew, what you got, my man? Uh, so I had uh, surprisingly quite the hangover today. <laughs> yeah, what's that? What was that all about? Did so, you care to share? I, or, uh... Look, I like so <clears throat> we met. Uh, I met Julia's uh, aunt and uncle uh, who live out in New Hampshire. They came to Portland. We went to Brickyard Hollow, which is a great brewery nice, here yeah, in Portland. Spot. Um, and then we made our way to Wharf Street, a restaurant on Wharf Street. Nate, uh, it was good, but like I had like four or five drinks, which usually like. You know, in the morning I'll be a little slow, but I'm not going to be like hungover. I just had like a really bad headache most of the day, and I like didn't understand. Yeah, missing a water, bud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I said that's called water. getting old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, uh, so yeah, I have a uh, an iced tea here that I got at Trader Joe's. No clue the brand. Trader that's Joe's, nice. though, that's legit. That's all you need to yeah. know. Yeah. Um. Tasteability. It's a very heavy. It's an iced tea lemonade mix, so it's really heavy. Uh, so, uh, but tasteability, we're gonna have to go the full thirty-seven. That one, I forgot about it again. I was thinking about it on the way out because I was like, I know Drew's gonna play it. Don't be caught off guard. And then uh, still somehow caught off guard. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, so tasteability is 37. The uh, drinkability, I'm going to go like a 25. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, I've got – I'm working through uh, my birthday beers. I've got about fucking 70 of them stacked in my fridge right now. I, like, don't have room for food. I, like, need to grocery shop, and I'm, like, oh, putting it off until I can, like, drink through some of these because there's just no room. I really need a beer fridge, honestly. Um but I'm going back to my favorite Portland brewery. It's definitive. This is the Entity Triple IPA. Um, it is 10.1%. Oh, shit. I thought it was like 8 or 9, but apparently it's 10.1. <laughs> Love to see that. Uh, this thing will certainly not pass the Drew test. This is a thick IPA. Uh, it looks like somebody like painted a beer because you can't see through this at all. It's got the classic beer color. Um, as far as the actual drink, it is um, – very, very tasteable, which I guess you would expect out of a triple IPA. Um, it doesn't have too much of a description on the can, so I actually gotta go based on my my taste buds. Um, it's got a bit of a, a bitterness to it, kind of some some kind of underlying sweetness. I don't think it's like your typical like citrus that you'd see in an IPA, but there's something there that's a little bit sweet. Uh, but it's definitely heavy on the bitters, so you know, if you like. If you're like a true IPA fan, this is a beer you'll probably like. But if you're kind of iffy on them, I I don't imagine this is for you because it's a it's about as IPA ish as you can get. Uh, drinkability pretty low because it is quite bitter. I'm gonna give it like an eight as far as drinkability goes. Um, taste it's like a 33, definitely up there because that, as I like to say, explodes in your mouth. You can really you can really taste it. Um, anyway, let's talk a little hockey because we have some some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, I want to start with assuming the Bruins' Leafs score holds here or something like that. Uh, the Bruins will take on the Canes. Lauren, this has been the big topic all over Bruins Twitter the last week, Leafs, Canes. What's your take on this? Who would you rather have seen the Bruins play in the first round and why? I mean, I love a good Boston-Toronto first-round series. It's mm. it's what Boston fans are used to. I do like the uh, the variety this year of probably playing the Hurricanes. Um, I know that they're dealing with injuries, the Hurricanes. It's not That has nothing to do with why I'd like to see them. I think that the Bruins are a different team than when they saw them in the regular season. They got mollywhopped by them all season, yeah. but <laughs> none of that matters in the playoffs. And I think that a healthy – close to 100% healthy as possible. Hampus Lindholm, I think it's just going to be a, a really fun physical series. They're both very good teams, and I don't think it's going to be some kind of like four-game sweep that many think will uh, will happen. But I'm I'm all for the, the Bruins playing the Hurricanes. I'm ready for it. Yes. Uh, we're welcoming Chris into the pod. Chris, welcome back. It's been a while. Good to have ha, you. Sup? Yeah, what up, baby? <laughs> Coming in hot. Uh, we pretty much just started with the hockey stuff, um, but if you want to go back to your beer, you can you can do that. Uh, I'm drinking a Pacifico. Nice, hell yeah! Most people probably know where that is, and if you don't, then try it because it's pretty yeah. good. It's a it's a good Mexican beer. Uh, drinkability thirty five, tasteability twelve. Nice, 
Just got to get that for Lancey. Uh, Lauren was just saying she prefers a matchup with the Canes. Chris, I saw you tweeting about this earlier, so I know you're going to have a little bit of beef with this. I'm I'm with Lauren on this and, and uh, Ian, who we were also tweeting with earlier. Uh, first of all, because I think the Bruins probably match up a little bit better uh, with the Canes, but more so that whole Metropolitan Division is less scary to me than the Atlantic. But look, I also see where you're coming from. You, you just want to keep the, the fire going. Look, look, if you want to <laughs> talk about – nerd stuff like matchups fine yeah the bruins probably have Chris a better famously anti-hockey the... <laughs> nerd yeah <laughs> yeah if you're looking at analytics like what quality of teams you're playing then yeah if the numbers but are if, playing instead of dudes <laughs> if you're really real you want to play the toronto maple leafs in round one I mean, I think by the time that this episode comes out we'll <laughs> we'll know which uh, yeah, whether will. that's happening or not um but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there would be anything funnier than the Bruins beating the Toronto Maple Leafs again in the first See, round. I get where you're coming from. I'm going to raise the stakes, though. The Bruins, like, kind of tying a bow on their decade-long dominance of the Maple Leafs by beating them in an Eastern Conference final would be fucking awesome. I, obviously, a lot would need to happen to get I there. Just, but that would be Leafs, such a nice. The Maple Leafs blow. can't get out of the first round. That's, that's yeah. But if they finally did and they got cocky and then the no, Bruins I just mean just like I, away from the opposite bracket. Like, I'm never gonna root for them to get out of the first round. So like in my head, what oh, I root for is going to happen. Careful so, saying that near Drew. He might get a fan. <laughs> yeah, Drew, fucking, biggest um, Maple Leafs fan we know. Drew, big Maple Leafs fan, as confirmed on last podcast. Uh, Drew, I know you did issue a Instagram story apology, which is, of course, what everyone does when they really want yeah. to apologize for something is post a Yoda video uh, on their Instagram story. Is there anything you'd like to say to our audience on the pod about your comments uh, supporting a Maple Leafs? Not even just the Maple Leafs win, but Maple Leafs knocking out the Bruins in the first round uh, so, that, you, that you called for last week. So as happens a lot, I get confused and I <laughs> confused myself with my own argument and realized I was arguing for something I didn't mean to argue for. It came from fair. the standpoint that like, if we lose, if we face the Leafs and we lose, it's not as like triumphant for Leafs fans if it happened in like 30 years. But then I realized, well, I want the Bruins to go 30 years <laughs> beating them in the first round, not for them to end it. So uh, basically the whole point was taking happiness away from Leafs fans as much as possible. By the way, a professional hockey player in front of the pod, Mallory Soliotis, said uh, by liking my tweet that she agrees with, uh, anybody who doesn't want the Bruins to attempt to beat Toronto in the first round of the playoffs again is no fun at all. I uh, liked it and then specifically unliked it because I, I wasn't <laughs> sure if I really felt that way. I was like, I can I appreciate this, it. but yeah, you go. <laughs> subscribe to it. Um, so it is looking like it's going to be the Canes again. By the time this drops, we'll know for sure. But based on what's going on uh, in Toronto tonight, uh, Lauren, I saw two days ago you wrote, I guess maybe three days ago by the time this came out, you wrote an article kind of previewing a little bit of Bruins playoff stuff. You highlighted two issues that Bruins fans will be very familiar with. Uh, one of them, they finally snacked, snacked, snapped their goalless streak on the power got play. Food on I, the do mind, wanna, yeah, I do want to toss this over to you. Uh, the first issue that you identified is obviously the power play. Do you think the demons have been broken with a couple of power play goals over Buffalo or is this, that still something you're, you're kind of worried about going into a playoff series? I mean, I'm definitely still worried about it because it's the final game of the season and it's so late that this issue has risen, but I'm also of the belief, a big believer of all they need is one goal to kind of get things going. And they did more than that on Thursday, I guess. And yes, it's Buffalo. Buffalo has nothing to play for. But that's when you start getting that kind of momentum and get it on your side. So I do think that – and the Hurricanes are a much different team than Buffalo. But like I said, all they need is that one goal. And, of course, it's Pasternak, right, who snaps it. So that's probably going to give them even more confidence going into the playoffs. So hopefully that the Demons have been exercised. I still think that they're going to struggle a little bit on the power play. These things aren't fixed overnight. And they have a very quick turnaround no matter who they're going to play. So – I'm still a little like weary of it, but I feel much better knowing that they finally snapped that over 37 streak, whatever it was. Um, but they're still like, I don't know. I'd say like, like 60, 40, like 60 worried, 40, like chill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, 
think they were probably just channeling their inner 2011 uh thing the yeah. last time they won a cup they couldn't do shit on the power yeah, play so might as well get it say, right like this is actually an encouraging sign to me <laughs> they're gonna do yeah, it that I, I think... way i mean get, get tomas caberlet to coach <laughs> yeah, the power play <laughs> Yeah, I, oh, I, no. I do think like that's a little bit overstated. I, I, there are a lot of people saying that earnestly uh, on yeah. Twitter, talking about, oh, yeah, you don't need a power play to, to win in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. being able to capitalize on on the, you know, there are fewer power play opportunities in the playoffs, but there are still power play opportunities. And we've seen gigantic power play goals in the playoffs. I mean, the, what, it was three power play goals that the Sharks scored on the Knights in the, in the one mm-hmm. five-minute major. Um, oh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it happens there are big power play opportunities and you want a power play that can convert on those opportunities but i do think that the long stretch of ineptitude on the power play is not indicative of a bad power play necessarily it's just a little combination of a slump some injuries and bad luck um Hockey. Yeah. I, I, yeah i mean i, I think yeah there's probably something that was wrong but these are all players who've played together for a long time um, I mean, with the exception of, I guess, Taylor Hall, but uh, I don't think he's the problem on the power yeah, he's play. He's got a year under his belt, <laughs> even there too. So I don't know if this is, it's not like aging Brad Martian and Patrice Bergeron, like can't score weighing it <laughs> yeah. all down. It's, I, I, it's, I think it, at, at a certain point it becomes a little bit mental. Like you start gripping the stick a little harder when you're at over 25 and <laughs> everybody's yelling you start hearing about it. like they, yeah. they know like and uh, they get asked about it in in pressers and the the answer is usually well we go to simplify and sometimes simplifying makes it worse yeah <laughs> i think uh, i think in terms of the power play it's really like when you miss david Krejci being there and whether he's on that first unit or he's anchoring that second unit whichever role they toss him into you, you miss that i think had a little time. I mean, you always that. miss David Krejci. <laughs> yeah, of course. And look, in Every this house, day, I, I, in the words I, of Lauren, in this house, we stand David Krejci. We do. We definitely do. <laughs> always. Um, the other thing, Lauren, that you brought up, uh, which um, I know Bruins fans are, are fed up with this one, uh, is the last-minute goals, the dreaded last-minute goals that they seem to, like, cherish in giving up. That one is just, like, the that has to stop. You cannot be leaking in like final 60 goals in in the playoffs period yeah i mean that's like you said it, it needs to come to a screeching halt because yeah. that can be the difference in in a win or loss if they lose two to one three to two you're looking back and being like oh that goal didn't go in with 0.2 seconds left it's a whole new ball game so it's 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 as simple as it needs to be done away with they need to play the full 20 minutes each period and they need to like not give up on pucks. I don't know what it is either. Like it's it's I don't know if they're all of a sudden like, oh, okay, we have a minute left. We're just gonna like free skate. I it's mind boggling because I'll watch it and there's nothing there where I'm like, okay, that's the problem. Okay, that's the problem. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, wh- why do they forget to play hockey in the final sixty seconds of a period? Yeah, yeah, that's that's another one of those things where it might be. A, a mental thing where you just start trying a little too hard not to get scored on in those opportunities. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that's the, the old hockey adage is you don't want to give up goals in the first minute or the last minute of period. So I think teams like to try to lock down in those last minutes. And I don't know what it is, but like you said, Lauren, it's, I'm not, I haven't pinpointed what it is there. Uh, there've only been a couple of times where I've seen like a, boneheaded mistake that caused a specific goal in the last 30 seconds of the period or whatever. Usually it's just, they gave up a goal and it's not like, Oh man, this one player can't hang in the last minute. Um, yeah. I don't, maybe it's they're tired at the end of the period and just don't have the the stamina that other teams have. Um, that that's maybe the one thing you could point at. Like they're, they're a little bit of an older team. Um, and their their top end talent is a little bit older, and you know, not they're the guys that are younger aren't necessarily known for their speed. Like Charlie McAvoy and David Pasternak aren't like speedsters. Um, so maybe that's it. But hopefully, I, hopefully, all that rest that they took in the last minutes of, of the yeah, yeah. regular season, uh, they can they can really grind during the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, am I like crazy, or is this like a really quick turnaround? I feel like the playoffs usually get like a, 
at least a three or four day break. Like you got Saturday, Sunday, and then it sounds like Monday is going to be game one. Well, well, Drew has some insight into that. He Googled it. So, oh, yeah. well, so according to Drew, night, the playoffs don't start for another month. Yeah. So <laughs> last that's... night when I got home, I like was curious. I like Googled it because we we have some hopefully some plans in store for upcoming during the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I Googled it. It said May fifteenth was when the NHL playoffs start. And I was like, that's weird. Like it definitely they're they've played it's 80 games. Great. It's gonna be sooner than that. But that's what Google said as the big answer. And then the next day when I Googled it, I just like went to the like 30 articles on it that were like, it starts May, blah blah blah. <laughs> but I mean I like what I did that. Is that when it started last year? Because of the like the it, oh you know what? It might have been I thought it said the the 2022 though. I don't know. No, who history. knows? Google, get your shit together, bro. It's, the, it's playoff time. <laughs> I know what I do when I want to find out some information is I Google it and then read the first thing that comes up on the top. Not even an article, just <laughs> the text. Dude, okay, I, goes, I got home. I was a little buzz. I just wanted to know. And I, t- I texted it and Cam was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. That was the best reaction. <laughs> it definitely Google not. says it starts May 15th and Cam was like, it does not. <laughs> it does not even, that's not even close. I'm going to just start texting Cam when I need to know a quick fact. <laughs> you know, when, only when you need to know your, your, your quick fact is wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, hey, look, better late than never, but it's not late. It's just going to be on time. Um, other quick things that happened this week, Patrice Bergeron, 400 career NHL goals. I mean, I don't think there's too much we can say about this man that we haven't said on the pod already. Uh, but it's just like, it's now that we're getting to the end of another ridiculous season from him, it's just like, you have to reflect and like, remember that much like David Krejci and Tugarask, it's not going to be around forever. But it is insane that he just keeps producing it, like not a high level, but like an extremely elite. Like he's still somehow one of the more underrated players in the league. I think. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any specific thoughts about this, but just uh, what a another a privilege it is to watch him dominate for another year. It is, and he, I mean, he's no spring chicken either. He's been around eighteen seasons. Yeah. It's, it's just like crazy to think about, and I think kind of what's getting overlooked a lot, and understandably so, is. On Thursday after the game, when he was talking about his 400th career goals, Bergeron is incredibly selfless. He is somebody who never takes credit for himself. It's always, this is the team thing. And he really reflected and sat back and was like, hell yeah, man, this is awesome. Like, this is something I got to do, I've accomplished. And it was really cool to see him finally just kind of be a little selfish. And I don't even know if that's the right word to use for someone like Patrice Bergeron, but he was able to just kind of like just kind of relic in it and be like, oh, I, I did this. Like I have 400 goals. I have them with the same team. And now he definitely has to come back for another season. Cause he's 18 points away from a thousand. So he doesn't have a choice at this point. Yeah. Sorry, Patrice. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, not the good news. He's, he's a first ballot hall of famer, but I mean, if you want to, I don't know, put yourself in the, the annals of hockey history, getting to that thousand point mark is, is for sure uh, an important one, especially for, you know, making a Hall of Fame case, even even if he was going to make it anyway. Um, yeah, I, he's, if you asked, I don't know if he's underrated, Cam, but if you asked GMs around the league, like, who are you starting a team with? I think he'd be pretty high up the list. Like, I, if, you're, if you're doing a fantasy draft for one season of, of hockey and you need a center to anchor your team, but he's still probably in the top 10 there. I I think he's like appreciated and respected around the league and within the game, but I think it's like when you think about like other fan bases, probably don't realize like the actual impact he. I don't had. think that's true anymore well, because I, I, he he went so long being the most underrated player in the league that at a certain point everyone was sick of hearing that and they were like, yeah, we get it, all right. <laughs> I see. I like kind of agree, but I also like. I I think if you ask like, especially like more casual hockey fans, like to name, I don't know, the top 
35, 40 Cam, players in the league. This is not league. a podcast a for of, like, casual hockey fans. Yeah, no, I'm just oh. saying, like, I feel like a lot of people <laughs> would leave them out of those discussions. And I, I, I do need to say that we are, uh, I am joking there. We we do not gatekeep hockey. Hey, you can listen to this podcast if you just started watching hockey today. Yeah. Or yes. don't watch hockey at all. Check out our 30% of our episodes. Which have nothing, <laughs> have nothing to do with hockey. Um. We have a, a quite a few listener questions that I want to get to, but first, I believe Drew has something he wants to say, completely off the cuff and not whatsoever scripted about his uh, preferred gambling sites. Drew, hockey fans feel the action on the ice, the sweat <laughs> like never before. With DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and win can get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code T. Spin. <laughs> THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's promo code T. H. Oh, I was given the T. <laughs> nope. Starts with N. Which starts with N. What do you know? THPN at DraftKings Sports. 360 between the legs windmill. Of the NHL 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. DraftKings ever listens to this, they're going to kick the entire network off. They do. They do listen to it. Yeah, but like hours specifically. Yeah. I think they go. They pay someone to like go through all the podcast ads. That's why we have to email the timestamp. Shouts to Jennifer. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to get to listener questions, but first I uh, was talking to somebody at work um, and we were chatting. I was like, oh, I'm going to do the podcast tonight. Like talk about some beer, talk about some hockey. And then I was like, Lauren's coming on. We'll probably talk about some chicken nugs too. Hell yeah. Because uh, Lauren is of course like the, the go-to chicken nug. I, I like that it says pundit in your profile. <laughs> that implies like there's stands and there's pundit. Like you – deserve to have back and forth like you are an expert on this topic i think i think pundit really uh shows that but i was i was telling my buddy about this and he was like all right well does that mean like is is she like oh i like chicken nuggets like because and like fuck chicken tenders like is it like anti-chicken tendies or are you just like pro is it just simply pro nug or is it like hey the nuggy is the most elite and the other ones can like suck it i'm just pro chicken like chicken is elite you can yeah. fry it you can grill it you can make it healthy you can make it so bad for you um <laughs> like but chicken nuggets like if i'm going i mean i get chicken tenders all the time when i go out i've got bags upon bags of chicken nuggets in my freezer chicken and, nuggets are a, a staying in food and and yes chicken tendies are, 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 are going fancy. out food Real when fancy. i first started dating my fiance he was having a conversation with me and mm. i'm like staring off into space and he's like hello i was like Sorry, I was thinking about chicken nuggets, and it's like <laughs> something. He and he was like, "Keeper." He, every time I'm like spacing out, he's like thinking about chicken nuggets, and I was like, "Yes, uh, uh, always." Yes, <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> what's What's the number one chicken nugget dipping sauce? Okay, so I think it depends where you go. So if I'm going to McDonald's, I like spicy buffalo, and they're sweet and sour. Okay. If I'm home, I just grab like ketchup. Yeah. Uh, Wendy's sweet and sour elite. Nice. Um, but I'm a big, like spicy person. We were talking before you came on Chris, like how much I'm a psychopath with my sours. And it's kind of like that with like spicy stuff. I want it so spicy. I want my, uh, like taste buds be burnt out of my mouth. That's uh, me. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did see that Mountain Dew released a flaming hot Mountain Dew today, which I personally think like deserves jail time, but maybe that would be kind of more down your, so I actually drank Mountain Dew today for the first time in maybe like 10 years. Um, not the original. I, I was at a sandwich shop nearby and they had in the fridge a, a watermelon flavored Mountain Dew that I had never seen before. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say it was disappointing, but it 
did not taste as much like fake watermelon as I wanted it to. Yeah. I feel like Mountain Dew is like the one soda that I prefer the diet version. It, like it's a Oh, I actually lied. There's so Mountain Dew is the one that does Baja Blast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think I discovered my new favorite soda like a month ago. Um I forget what it was. I think it's something lightning. It's Mountain Dew, but it's like peach lightning. And know. it's only sold at KFC. And what about the KFC Taco Bell? Like combos? so, I don't go to KFC individually. I went to Taco Bell, and <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a Kin Taco Bell. Makes sense. Um, and so I got the, the I I love peach flavored things. So yeah. I got the peach Mountain Dew, and it is delicious. I'm I'm not a big soda person, but that did that did strike my fancy. Nice. So uh, Nick Felino's 500th career point just got overturned by an offside review. <laughs> did they? <laughs> did he like <laughs> celebrate it? Yeah, they like grabbed the, the puck for him and everything, and <laughs> like the thing came up on the TV like it's his 500th point, and they fucking Toronto challenged it for offsides and won. Move. <laughs> I know it's fucking four two. Like it would have been. It's game eighty two. You're Come facing on. like half the Providence Bruins. Like why? No, nah, they're yeah, they're scared to play the Bruins in the first round, so they're trying to challenge the goal. It's official. Yeah. Uh, all right, on the listener questions. Uh, we'll start with we'll start from the bottom here. Uh, Bruin at the real Bruin asked, "If you were partying with the current Bruins roster, which player would be the biggest liability?" Um, I feel like there's an obvious answer here, Brad Marchand. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I feel like we should dig beyond that because that that kind of well, seems like a cop it's, out. So. It's also been over 10 years since the the infamous brad martian getting drunk after the stanley cup <laughs> i'm thinking yeah, it, so. it's it's posternock <sighs> see i don't know i feel Pasternak, like if you give hard. him enough i can see that being the, the man is check he, he can hold though. his alcohol yeah. yeah yeah that's that's true as well there's a, the the water in the czech republic is czech pilsner and just based on the way that he like carries himself, I feel like he would be like the very cuddly drunk where he'd just be like giving you a hug and talking yeah. about Barbie girl and stuff. So I don't, I think I don't Trent Frederick would, necessarily... would be oh, the liability. Yeah. yeah. I think he, he's Smith. Jake Debrusque. Craig, Craig Smith, Smith, I could see Craig too. Smith's yeah. a sneaky answer there. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, and like, I just, I don't know if I want to call him a liability. I just think he's a good time. Like, he just looks like he's somebody I'd Oftentimes go... the same thing. Yeah. I would definitely do shots with him. I think Roxy agrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said that. We forgot to intro Roxy too. I apologize for that. So Roxy, for me, Trent Frederick, Trent Frederick is is like a a Labrador a Labrador retriever. Like it, you give him a little bit of alcohol, and he's just gonna like run off and like have fun. But you know, he might run off and have fun in the street. You got to make sure. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. Got to get that leash, <laughs> that e collar. Uh, some good answers. Uh, Eric Ripperson at Eric Ripperson. That's Eric with a C and a K, which I don't know if I've seen before, but well, besides him, because tweets and stuff and us. But anyway, um, ask, can we hear some of the best slash worst live playoff game experiences? Um, I've only been to one Bruins playoff game, and it was the game in 2010 that Johnny Boychuk absolutely ended the career. Uh, I don't think it was actually career, but um, oh, who was the saber? He lit somebody up with the blue. If you Google like Johnny Boychuk hit, it's like the first one that comes up. Um, was it Matt Ellis? Google this quick. Johnny Boychuk 2010 playoffs hit. It's going to be the first one. Second. It was Matt Ellis. Uh, yeah, he kept his head down going to the neutral zone and Johnny Boychuk lit him up. And I was like turning, talking to someone in the Raptors at the time and the place fucking exploded. Like... <laughs> The loudest building I've ever been in was just a, a Johnny Boychuk unloading on somebody. Um, Drew, I'm sure, has seen like seven cup clinching final goals, even though they've won one in his lifetime. You see, somehow, like, is that every important playoff thing? And I'm sure Lauren's seen some too. So, what you guys got? Any any good live playoff game experiences? Um, I went to game two as a fan of 2019 when Matt Grizzly got concussed. So, that definitely sucked. Yeah. Um, so, but. I've covered a lot of playoff games in the seven years I've been in this crazy business. And there is nothing more thrilling than when the Bruins score and the garden just erupts. Like everything is shaking. I can feel the ground beneath me shaking. 
my laptop is shaking. And it's so different. I mean, you're literally above the fans on the ninth floor. But just like seeing, being able to like get a bird's eye view of everyone just going apeshit is so much fun. So I'm like, it makes me appreciate it a little bit more. And it's just, playoffs are such a different, like brings out a different breed of people in a good way. Um, I've seen a lot of game sevens against Toronto. I've seen a lot of wins against Toronto. I've seen a friend of the pod and my former coworker, Logan Mullins, mind change on Brandon Carlo. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> how you know people are changing. You know? So, um, you know, just that is, has been so much fun. And some bad stuff is getting stuck in the elevator. It's never a good time. But Ooh, yeah. And all of 2019 Stanley Cups are never fun. The final was never fun. But um, well, they canceled that one. It was yeah, pre, it pre-COVID count. observation. They were like, it's <laughs> going to get bad. So we're just going to not just, do this. The atmosphere is insane because I've covered Celtics games and Garden gets loud. Don't get me wrong, but like the absolute atmosphere of a Bruins playoff game is it's unmatched. I don't care how loud the Garden is at a Celtics game; they're loud, like I said. But the the Garden in a Bruins playoff, especially against Toronto, or especially if they're going up, if they score a game time goal, a go ahead goal, that you really think the roof is going to blow off that place. It might, yeah. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's nothing quite like playoff hockey. Like just the anticipation of a scoring event is so much more than in any other sport. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's tough to quantify, but I mean like a home run in baseball maybe um, like soccer it's, yeah. it's usually it's usually not indoors mm-hmm. um yeah soccer for sure um any any goal sport where the scoring is is generally pretty low like the you can feel like the unrest waiting for you know the anticipation of that um and on that note i uh i've been to two nhl playoff games i went to a uh ducks oilers game and a ducks sharks game and they were fun i guess <laughs> <laughs> they were fun, I guess. Stellar review. <laughs> I, uh, I've been to a few. Uh, if I had to rank them, the top three, um, three uh, would be um, game four against Pittsburgh in 2013, I believe that was, uh, against Aginla. Um, that was great. Um, next one was game five against St. Louis. Wow, DeBrusque with the snipe. Um, game five against St. Louis because that was the Chara return. Even though they lost that game, I'll never forget that how oh, loud yeah. the building was for that. I've I've never heard the Garden that loud before. Um, and then game five against Montreal, 2011, double overtime. Tim Thomas standing on his head like so many heart attacks. I was I was twelve. No, yeah, twelve. I think for that it's that year. young for heart attack. Eighth grader. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Man. Ahead of the curve. Uh, uh, hopefully more uh, positive Bruins playoff memories in the weeks ahead Uh, Eric good question another good question that was also from Eric Uh, what do we agree to call him Rip or Ripperson the Rip the big Rip yeah next question from the big Rip rip. (laughs) what do we do about the infiltration of Leafs fans on the pod are we gonna let that shit slide Uh, I think we kind of addressed this already. The answer is no. Drew will never live this down. Um, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna find down that bruising Bruins banner and what's and show us what's underneath. Yeah, the Toronto and tequila or something too disgusting (laughs) things. Um, Unless it's in a margarita, of course. But um, Leafs and lagers. Yeah, I feel like we mostly addressed that. But uh, Drew, don't think you're you're past it yet because we remember Uh, we. Really we do not forgive. Don't get knocked out by Toronto this yeah. year. <laughs> so. um, Rob Schlosser asks, "What if Halla and Forbert switched first names so we'd have Derek Halla and Eric Forbert? Uh, they both actually sound we'd worse. have Daryl Daryl Halla and Eric Forbert. Eric Forsbrand, <laughs> Derek Forsbrand, and and Daryl Halla. <laughs> it's pretty much Halla." <laughs> Good lord, um, I don't know. What if? What if they did that? That'd what, be pretty wild. Yeah. Our podcast. Would be what if easy. names switched? <laughs> what if they switched positions as well as their names? I like yeah, that. That'd second be a line, good article. Second line center. Could have Eric the inside Forsbrand. scoop on it and everything. Hell yeah! <laughs> Make it a feature. <laughs> um, that's really not much of a question, but I also love it. And that's the kind of outside the well, box. Well, it did start with what? <laughs> what? I mean, it did. It did. Uh, 
keep them coming. More questions like that, please. Uh, I love open response. Yes. Uh, Sean Rajot. Did we decide on Rajot or Rajat? I forget. It's Rajat, Rajat right? Okay. Rajat. I was gonna say, no, I'm Rajat saying Rajot, but I know it's wrong. Sean Rajat. Sean, I, I swear to God, I should know this. It's my bad. Um, can the Bruins take advantage of goalie situations with either playoff opponent they get at this point? It's going to be Carolina. So can the Bruins take advantage of goalie situations with Carolina? And the update from today was that they are still not healthy. Um, that's obviously a positive for the Bruins. I mean, you never want to like see players getting injured, but from a pure Bruins likelihood to win perspective, that obviously helps things. Uh, Lauren, I'm going to toss this one over to you. How are you feeling about the current Carolina goaltending situation and the impact that will have on the first-round series? Well, if the Bruins can't take advantage of them not having Freddie Anderson, I don't know how they'll get out of the first round. And this mm-hmm. is the time. Like you said, I don't want to see anyone get injured. I always want to be able to beat the best team, the healthy team, and prove you know, I love being the underdog. I love an underdog story. But – this is the perfect time for the Bruins to take advantage. Even if it's two games, they're without Anderson. You have to win those two games. Mm-hmm. And then you have home, home ice advantage in your favor all of a sudden. So I think that they can. I think they have to. And if they don't, it's going to be a very quick and painful series for Bruins fans. Yeah. yeah. I, think- I, I think so. Auntie Ron is not bad. It's not like they're stuck with some minor league goaltender. I think he, he's like a... a an above average backup. Um, I think uh, 9 12 save percentage on the year. And over the last couple weeks, he's been around that too. Um, so I'm not like spiking the football saying, Hey, we're like we're, we're going against their e-bug, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about the guy who's backing up, like maybe the Vezina winner. So yeah. I, but, but also at the same time, Frederick Anderson has a, a history of absolutely <laughs> choking in the playoffs. So, Particularly uh, against the Bruins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not – I think you do – it's the most important position on the ice, but also I don't think it's a huge downgrade. It's a guy who's also had some injury history. So, I mean, like maybe if he gets hurt, then you're talking about that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not – it's obviously an advantage, but – um that's that's a really good team over there i'm not looking at that as a reason why oh yeah we want to play the the best team in the metropolitan division for sure um this was not included in the question but lauren we've been giving our takes on the sway versus omar to start uh where do you stand on that who do you want to see start and do you think they should you know how how loyal i guess should cassidy be to somebody within a series are you cool with them flipping around or uh so i think Allmark gets the nod for game one i think that's kind of decided especially with swayman playing on friday night but i think that you ride the hot hand until he's not hot and i think that this is this was Swayman's net up until about a month ago when he was going through the, his little rookie slump, which better to do now than in the playoffs. But I think it's all mark game one. And if he just plays lights out, you go with him in game two. And if he starts getting shaky, then put in Swayman. The Bruins have a very good problem on their hands with, with the goalie situation. So all mark to start and just ride it till it dies, baby. Yeah. All yeah, in on that. I also think I didn't really mention this before, but I feel like that takes a little bit of the pressure off. Like obviously somebody as young as Swayman and you know, as inexperienced as him is gonna feel that pressure playing in any playoff format as we saw last year. But I feel like having him as the number two guy, like if he does have to come in, just makes it a little bit easier where it's not like, hey, we're riding you for the playoffs and you're our guy. Like I feel like it right. makes it a little easier if they do have to bring him in. Granted, if they do, they're probably in trouble already. But <laughs> Cam, that'd um, be a great point if Linus Olmark had any playoff experience well yeah for sure but like the point that like you know obviously neither of them has really any playoff experience but omar is still the veteran obviously not so much the playoffs but you know being around the league a bit no, longer even if it is omar set his games his career high for games played this year so it's not like he's been around for a long time he's a little yeah. older but um, i think i think that's kind of getting overlooked too is that as good as Allmark and Swayman have been this season, you're going into the playoffs with someone who's never played in the Stanley Cup playoff game before, spent his first six seasons in Buffalo, and then someone who has 19 minutes of playoff experience. So, And it, they've been great, but it's, it's so different in the playoffs, and I hope that they can continue to be dominant as they have in the regular season. But I was thinking about that today when I was writing a story. I'm like, Allmark's never been to the playoffs. 
like ever. This poor guy is <laughs> veteran goalie, a good goalie, five over 500 record coming out of Buffalo, which is impressive. And I'm like, oh, damn. Like, he's never been to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last time the Bruins had a non Tugarask uh, to, you know, really for the for a full playoffs run was, you know, Tim Thomas. So right. <laughs> that'll right. put things into perspective for you, for sure. Um, Sean Rajat also asks, uh, who is a player that is key to a deep playoff run with their performance outside of the usual suspects? So we'll take out the Bergerons, the Marshons, the Palestinox, the McAvoys. Who is somebody that you guys see as kind of a key cog to uh, the Bruins postseason? Their fate? I think, I think Taylor Hall. I think if he could turn it on and, you know, you need that second line clicking too. We've seen the erection line can only trademarks uh, can only <laughs> bring you so far. Like you can ride a line like a little bit that first round or two. And obviously. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. You want to rephrase that? <laughs> you, can, uh, you can ride the erection line if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drew's going to be putting time out there, but... I'll let you add Way to go. You episode. killed Lauren. Way to go. <laughs> um, no, I think you, you can only ride the first line that far, uh, so far. So I think having that second line really clicking is going to, it could be of great help. I think, that, I mean, they're already doing good, but if you can have Taylor Hall really on, because I think he's been streaky at times, but he's found his game and he's looking comfortable now in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that took a little bit this season. I don't think it was, I mean, a lot of the players on this team didn't look comfortable until the COVID break until after that. But, um, yeah, I think he has a real shot at just like hitting a switch and, and finding a groove there. Um, really if that whole second line can show up, you're, you're in a really good spot, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think Taylor Hall is definitely a, a good one. And I'm going to say Trent Frederick because, We've seen Cassidy just harp on him being like, you need to stop taking stupid penalties. And that's going to be key. We've seen he was able to get under Alex Ovechkin's skin last season, get him off the ice. And that's what he needs to continue to do. You can't be taking stupid penalties. You can't be putting your team at a disadvantage. Because if he does that and the Hurricanes score on the power play because of a dumb penalty he took, he's getting benched for the rest of the series. I think Cassidy, I think he has a very short leash with Frederick, and rightfully so. But I think... When that third line is on, they are so on, and they need Frederick to be in the right in the right mindset. Be the agitator, but don't let the Hurricanes get the best of you because it's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about it last year a little bit with Shukri. Um, he brought up Charlie Coyle being the like one of the key cogs. If you have, like, I, I think those top two lines are going to score or not score. It's going to be luck or bad luck, whether they score, it's not going to be because they don't have the skill or talent. If Charlie Coyle is playing well, that third line can provide that extra scoring. And we saw it um, with, with him and Marcus Johansson. um, Very, very important to the 2019 playoffs. Um, Yeah. I mean, if, if that third line's humming, it's the Bruins offense is basically unstoppable and it's a really good defensive team. So I mean, that's that's going to portend well for a deep playoff run if you got all three lines really rolling. Absolutely. Um, I love this because all of us have a different answer. I'm going Jake DeBrusque. Um, obviously, him on the first line, I don't know if you'd really, you know, I, I wouldn't call him a usual suspect despite him being on the first line just with uh, with the kind of journey that he's taken over the course of the last year plus. Um but obviously you need that first line to be rolling. That's been the most important thing for the Bruins with the, with the erection line the last couple of years, but obviously having split that up um, to brush slots in there. Now they need to keep him rolling. I mean, I I've been very impressed with what I've seen with him over the last really two months. Um, obviously he's been a really streaky player throughout his career. So you want to just hope that he kind of keeps that fire rolling. And uh, you know, if he can slot in well there and they don't have any issues with that first line that allows for that depth that you guys were talking about over the second and third line. Um, so he's somebody for me that you got to keep the foot on the gas. And if he can keep producing that has impacts and, you know, you, you feel those waves throughout the lineup for sure. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Patrick also asked about who Drew is really rooting for in the playoffs this year. Drew, you're getting roasted for this. I love it. <laughs> 
it's fine. It's about time I turn the tables onto somebody else here instead of. It's me. like no one. It's like no one watched my apology video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> should have tweeted it for sure. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all the listener questions we got. Um, anybody else have anything they want to fire over Lauren while we got her here? It's getting to be about episode length, but we'll go for a last call here. Shouts to the pride. Shout out to the pride. Hell yes. yeah. We will. Uh, We'll have to do a second victory lap this summer, um, which is coming around here soon. Yeah, we'll we'll have the whole team on the podcast. Yeah, they're, they're all going to be willing to. <laughs> Everyone will come. It'll be great. Um, all right, well, Lauren, it's always a pleasure. Um, looking forward to following your work throughout the postseason run. Um, anything you want to, you know, shout out to our minuscule audience here? <laughs> hey, I want to I want to know from your listeners if they'd rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses. This is very important. Can we amend that to one Trent Frederick-sized Trent Frederick or a hundred duck-sized Trent Fredericks? We absolutely can. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be fighting ducks. <laughs> This is a whole new uh, listener. Why we posed the question to them. They got to answer. I like Unless it. Unless it's the Anaheim Ducks, then we can fight them. This is, yeah, this is where we sure. find out how few people actually listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one should generate some good results. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. My favorite thing is I'm like, oh, let me know in the comments. And no one comments. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Lauren, thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'll be continuing to bug you throughout the offseason. So I'll be hopefully here. Hopefully, we can grab you back. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk um, about hockey and not hockey. Yeah, mostly the latter. Uh, go check out Lauren's shit at Nesson and at Lockdown Red Sox because uh, as long as the Red Sox don't disappoint against the Orioles this week, it is baseball season. So <laughs> go check that shit out. I think it's uh, like Groundhog specifically Day. on them not. It, not it, honestly, I'm not trying to read too Orioles, much into like early season stuff, but if they blow it to the Orioles this week, we got we got some problems. So. Apparently, Six more weeks of winter. Apparently, yeah. they're hitting the ball hard. Just at people yeah so Not at the right I, I i follow will middlebrooks on twitter don't worry we're good to go yeah that was that was my reference there <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was jenny delve who tweeted that out that i saw yeah well makes sense so uh anyway lauren thanks as always uh thanks to roxy as well small appearance but always uh, <laughs> worthwhile and uh yeah go bees go bees for the playoffs go bees.